What's good, everybody, and welcome to Body Bag Podcast. I'm Chris Thomas, and with me is always Broke Rider Dave. How we doing, everybody? I don't know what is going on right now. <laughs> I'm utterly delirious right now. I am on two hours of sleep. <laughs> so prepare in advance for a very... If I go off, like... <laughs> into my own world for for like a minute or I can't get just bear with me yeah. please um we got it oh my goodness this uh review has been it's been a long time coming i think i was saying this yeah. even in season 2 that i've been wanting to review idle hands yeah you've been saying it for a while now i actually the closer that we came to me having to rewatch it um, I kind of did, and I didn't want to watch and review it because this movie came out in 1999. I I saw this movie maybe well, in 1999. I would have been eight, I think. Yeah, seven, eight. Yeah, eight years old. So probably wasn't able to kind of really see it when I was eight. So I probably didn't see it until a couple years later. Probably when I was around like 13 ish. Yeah, I want to say first I was seeing it was probably in like the mid two thousands, and I had fond memories of it. I remember coming home, and I it was or it was in the middle of the summer when I first saw it. When you would be flipping through the channels, and that was on, and I just remember it fondly. Yeah, like TNT or something like that, randomly. Yeah, so I, I, I have a very fond uh, memory of that movie. So I didn't want to run the risk of. Like me not liking it anymore, or me going, man, this movie was annoying, or it's not as cool as I thought. Maybe I shouldn't watch it and just let it stay as a good memory. See, that's that's what happened to me when I rewatch. I'm like, I feel like this movie wasn't as good as I remember it being. I actually still kind of love it. <laughs> and oh, don't get me wrong though. All right, um, so so we're gonna have a, a probably a couple of differing opinions, but we might yeah. end up somewhere somewhat in the middle. Yeah. But I think a lot of people who who are like into horror also have fun memories of Idle Hands. Oh, it is very yeah. much a time capsule of the '90s as well. Yes, it's very much a cult classic movie. Like it does have its cult following now. As per usual, this is spoiler talk, and we'll start from the beginning. Yeah, and trying to be a little more organized this season. So at the beginning of each of the movie reviews, I'll start off with a one sentence sum up if you just want the bare bones short sweet to the point uh a high school slacker gets his hand possessed by the devil and it goes on a killing spree that's that's uh that's that's, the premise of the movie yeah that's the movie but it's also a stoner movie and it's also a comedy very american pie-ish in its uh just like that era of humor yes but, I mean, the uh, main character is a lazy stoner. So, for the movie, it plays off like the saying that uh, the idle, idle hands are the devil's playthings. Yes. Kind of that. And uh, also, before we get into the plot, you only need to really know just a handful of characters. Uh, just because we throw names around whenever we're talking. So, we'll just tell it from now on, we're going to try to have the names up front of just the main people that you need to know. All right, so you got Anton, Tobias, main character, Lazy Stoner. Now, Molly is his love interest, played by Jessica Alba. Now, I didn't know, and I didn't think about it until like a minute before we started recording. I wonder if they called him Anton as a little nod to Anton LaVey, the uh, the founder of uh, the Satan Church. Maybe. 
I didn't think about it until uh, like he wrote the Satan's Bible or something like that. And yeah. So I, I was wondering if that's why they call uh, his, the main character is Anton since his hand gets possessed by the devil. Could be. Yeah. Anyway, and then you got Anton's two friends, Nub and Mick. Mick and Penub. Yeah, Penub. Yeah. And you have Debbie, a a member of a secret order meant to basically take down the devil and evil and whatnot. Who's been tracking down? Who's been tracking people, down? Yeah, people who's been getting possessed. So. There's been there's been like an uptick in murders like around the country of like identical like serial murders that have gone like well they haven't gone unsolved but they've they're just kind of mysteriously crop up. Yeah, and she's like trying to find out. All right, she she knows something's up. The secret order. Now starting from the beginning, it just starts off with a married couple sitting in bed. Now the first ten minutes of a movie often. Sets the tone for what, you know, the kind of stuff that we're going to be in for, right? So yeah. the first 10 minutes, it's Fred Willard who play, who plays, this is Tobias's mom and dad, Anton's yeah. mom and dad. They're sitting in bed. She, <laughs> this is the first, now, uh, now as much as I say I, I did like this movie, there was a whole lot of stuff that I was pointing out, like little things that, that were like, huh? <laughs> when they were coming yeah. up. For instance, they're in bed. She says that she hears a noise coming from downstairs, but she's looking up towards the attic. Yeah, I didn't get that. Like she, I, yeah. Oh no, noise from downstairs. So I'm gonna stare up at the ceiling. Is, is she? It, it, that was a very weird now mannerism by the actress. There's a lot of little things like that in the in the movie. Little things that it's like I I don't know if I would have noticed them had I not. We, you know, been spending the last four seasons doing nothing but reviewing movies. Yeah. That maybe I'm just starting to become like, well, that's a little weird. <laughs> why, why would she do that for? Yeah, that's a weird choice, but all right. So she see she hears something. Dad goes downstairs. Dad gets offed. Mom goes downstairs, see what's going on. Runs upstairs, gets offed. What killed her? Don't know yet. And how did they die? Not entirely sure. Yep. It just cuts to late next morning when... Okay. Anton our hero, up. yeah, our hero, our hero, ladies and gentlemen, Anton, who is, uh, all right. So a lot of '90s movies, '90s and 2000. Well, '90s was definitely the era of like the high school slacker, uh, yeah, high school and college slacker in movies, whether it be horror or just like I said, movies like American Pie or what, what have you. See, I think I've grown out of enjoying that kind of comedy after watching this movie. Because yeah. I found Anton quite annoying, like, I, now, a son of a bitch. Now I'm going to say, well, that's funny because we, we, they introduce us to Anton and we have to, we have to be, they have, the movie has to show us that this kid is a slacker. So how is this kid going to, uh, how are we going to do? Uh, the dude is chilling out on the couch, eating Lucky Charms, watching TV, scratching his balls, you know, try, trying to paint him as a slacker. Realistically though, that's me on my days off. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't gonna lie, <laughs> like, yeah. and at least he had a ball scratcher. I, I didn't. I don't even have a tool. <laughs> and th- with those kind of comedies, I, I, I'm, I'm kind of the same way. Although I have to be in the right mood for it. And I think uh, the fact yeah. that this, I think the fact that this takes place in the '90s lulls me with nostalgia, so that I kind of overlook it. So I'll claim yeah. bias. Any movie that is very, very '90s like this, or, or, or just that's a time capsule of its period, you know. You know, I was born in the 90s, so I'm going to 
Or yeah. I was born in the late 1900s for all you asshole Gen Z uh, kids who who uh, <laughs> put it that way. But yeah, yeah, I, I will tend to kind of turn a blind eye to certain things because it just makes me feel all warm and fuzzy inside. <laughs> so uh, that's Anton. Okay. Yeah, but it was his like laziness that kind of annoyed me. It's his like lack of awareness. Oh yeah, because he because there's obvious signs that a murder happened in his kitchen, and he's just. Oblivious, but, that, but I think that makes for, uh, well. I think this may, that'll make for a funnier reveal later when he finally starts. Like, holy shit! Yeah. What? So, but I will say I this: get what they're going for, but yeah. Now you might have found him a little bit annoying, but I will say the actor was putting a lot of uh, of effort into this role. That dude was, you know, I'll put a lot of. Oh yeah, because uh, yeah, he threw himself into like the physical comedy. Yeah. And and just run it around and like just the dude was like putting in some work. I'll say that. Yeah, Devin uh, Sawa. I don't. I never know how to pronounce the last name. I like uh-huh. his work. Like he did he, a lot he's of like, stuff in the nineties. Yeah, I was about to say he he's was really like good. your yeah. typical your typical nineties. Uh, he he's that the way he looks is like that typical nineties uh, either slacker or he could pass for skater boy or yeah. Very Aaron Carter y from the nineties back in the day. Exactly. Yeah, he was uh in case you don't know who we're talking about, he was the star in uh the first final destination. You look at him and you go, Oh, that's nineties. You just take 90s, a look at him. Yeah. He's also a stoner too. Yeah. A- and he's out of weed. So he calls up his friend Penub and Penub's like, Well, get your lazy ass over here, I'll hook you up. Well he didn't say I'll hook you up, he just said, Well get your lazy ass over here. Yeah. And w- this is where I thought it was funny because it's a three-group friendship of these stoner slackers, basically. Yeah. And I just think it's funny because back in 1999, back when, like, smoking weed meant you were a slacker, like, the surefire way to tell if, the, if this kid's a slacker is that he had to be smoking weed. And now potheads can roam the streets with their vape pens and edibles. Yeah, pothead's definitely looked on a lot differently now than it was in 1999. Yeah, like in in those movies back in the night, like they always had a stash there, and they always made bongs out of everything. Yes, like I like he, he was smoking pot out of his inhaler. Yeah, that he always kept a uh, an inhaler around his neck, and it always has a little bit of weed inside, so he could uh, toke a little bit. And if anybody asks, he just uh, says, "Oh, it's my inhaler." Yeah. So he goes to his friends, Penub Mixed Place. They're like, "Hey," uh, and he's like, "Hey, can you hook me up?" And they're like, "We don't get any weed." Now, this is Seth Green, and I don't remember the other guy's name. No, I could. Like, I've seen that actor before. I just don't know who he is. Yeah. Now, what did you think of Mick and Penub in regards to, as opposed to uh, Anton? Uh, I enjoyed him a little bit more, but. Uh, the jokes were very hit or miss. Yes. It depends. Sometimes some of the things they said were actually pretty funny, and other times. Some, oh, yeah. Some of the stuff, yes, because they. You know, they're stoners, so they're going to be obli- – they're just as oblivious. All right, because so, the reason why uh, Dave says that Anton's oblivious is because when he goes downstairs in the morning to make breakfast, there's clear sa- – he's he's making a sandwich and doesn't realize there's blood all over the knife. He's using, yeah. And he doesn't realize there's like a hand, bloody handprint on the side or that his cat is eating human flesh off in the corner. That kind of – he's like watching TV and – I will say, I gotta say again, a big shout out to the night. I love the fact that back in the day we had music videos yeah. on music videos on TV. Yeah, I, I don't even know what's on MTV nowadays. I don't think they play music videos anymore. Last time I think I put on MTV was, uh, I think Beavis and Butthead was making a return, and they were 
like making fun of shows like Jersey Shore and stuff like that. I honestly think MTV nowadays is like 22 hours of like playing ridiculousness that is and then like a new show here they're like are you the one or something like that no it is just 24 hours of ridiculousness (laughs) yeah but don't get me wrong it's uh it's a decent show to watch every now and then but (sighs) it's i i can only hang in for like an episode maybe two half an episode maybe sometimes (laughs) just um yeah it's it's I I love gag shows like that, but it's just not for me. Uh, yeah. Not that show, anyway. Uh, but I'm not here to dog on ridiculousness. <laughs> yeah, I'm, or I'm TV, here. But... I'm just here to I'm just here to give a middle finger to our cur- uh, the current state of TV because we had music videos back in the day. Yeah, I remember getting ready for school watching music videos. Anyway, at this point, we get introduced to the leading actress, who I did not know was Jessica Alba. The Girl next door, if you will, uh, for yeah. Anton. She, you know, he's uh, over at Mick and Penobs trying to get his score. He looks outside. He sees her riding her bike uh, down the street, and he's like, "Oh, you know, it's his, it's his big high school crush." Yeah. Which I, I had to stop, and I had to, I was like, "Oh yeah, I forgot Jessica Alba is in this." Yeah, I, I, I forgot. Yeah, that. that I want to say this was like one of her first like big roles in a movie too. I think so. And she accidentally drops a journal of hers as she's uh, riding by. Penub and Mick are like, yeah, go talk to her. And he's like, uh, uh, and, and he goes. Now, at I this point. They were nice enough to give him a pair of pants. They were nice enough. Yeah, because at this point, he's just in his underwear. Because that's, remember, he's a slacker. He doesn't have time for pants. Yeah, he's, he walked across the street in a t-shirt and his boxers. And pink slippers. A bold choice. <laughs> right? <laughs> so, so at this point, I'm like, all right, well. This is his love interest, and it's he's. I remember being in high school. I'm sure that there were uh, ladies that I pined after. It's or yeah. saw from a distance. Yeah. And, you know that's that's normal, and and uh, Anton is kind of is like that until he goes and grabs the journal that she drops and sniffs it. Then I was that's like, all right, weird. that's a that's a, a little step too far. But he sniffs it and he goes up to her door to go return it. She to his dismay answers and then he books it. Don't blame yeah. him. If my crush answered the door, I would have ran too. Especially if it was Jessica Alba. Yeah. All right. Uh, as part of my New Year's resolution, I'm going to pull back a little bit. Dave, go ahead and take over the story. This is when he goes back home, and he tries what uh, Penelope tells him, to smoke oregano with nutmeg. Yeah, because at this point, he still hasn't gotten his stash yet. Yeah. And he's like jonesing. Yeah, so he does that. He does something. Yeah, and... This is kind of when he realizes he doesn't really have control of his hand. So yeah. it's 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 weird. Like his hand yeah. is doing stuff. And also, he discovers the body of his parents. Yes, at this point, maybe it's because he needed to. Well, because he's a stoner, so maybe he needed to kind of. Maybe he was still high when he came downstairs. Maybe he needed to sober needed to sober up or, or something. Could be, like his parents were put in like their life-size jack-o'-lanterns they had for Halloween decorations. Clever. Yeah. Good hiding spot for a body. And also, at this moment, Penub and Mick happen to come over to the house. Yeah. And this leads to a bunch of terrible things. And this is kind of where Anton figures out he's been the one killing everybody. This Now, this whole scene between them, him, like, chasing his friends, because he's proceeding yeah. to chase his friend. Well, he's not chasing his friend. His 
possessed hand is like yeah. like super strong. strong. So it's like you would think that he he would just be like you know just overpower his hand, but sure. I guess it has like super so, strength because yeah. yeah, he has no control over it. It's like pulling like, him places. Yeah, where he's like trying to tell, convince his friends he's not going to kill him, but his hand's trying to kill him. I thought that whole scene was funny. Yeah. He stabs Mick in the head with a beer bottle. Classic. Mm-hmm. And so now there's just this big uh, beer bottle sticking oh, out of his head and he's yeah. dead. And then Penob yeah. goes out to the basement trying to escape him. And while Anton's trying to like talk to him and stuff, his hand grabs a saw blade and throws it at Penob. Chops Boom. his head off. Decapitation. And so now he's killed both his parents. He realizes that he inadvertently killed both of his parents and now both of his best friends. That's and it. I got to I got to tell you, he's taking it pretty well. Yeah. <laughs> Extremely well. He's not too distraught. Like when his parents first when he first discovers his parents, he seemed more like he's very he, he was very big Lebowski-ish in his yeah. in his uh when he discovers like, "Oh, oh. <laughs> like like, I don't know. It just, he, he gave no real emotion to his parents dying other than he was more shocked at the fact that there was a dead body in the house, not yeah. the fact that it was his parents. Basically, yeah. Because following this, what happens is he ends up at Molly's house. Well, he, he he's he's sitting there trying to comprehend what happened, and then yeah. his cat comes up to him, and uh, the demon hand, hand grabs it and throws him out the window. Yeah, so looking for his cat. Chase's cat ends up at Molly's house, and the hand seems to like make it more aggressive. That he's put moves on her. Mm-hmm. They and end he, up making out. They, well, but he his knocks hand on the keeps trying, trying uh-huh. to like strangle her while they're like in the makeout session. I was gonna say, well, she sees something going out on the porch. She opens up the door. Now, when she opens up the door, right? Yeah, and and she see and she sees Anton like out there. Um, I had to wiki. Uh, Jessica Alba's age uh, watching this because when she like opened up the door, I was like, shit. <laughs> uh, uh, she, she was 18. Yeah. Cause I, you know, I had to be careful. I was about to week. I was about to say that if she was like, you know, cause this is a high school stoner comedy. Yeah. Uh, a horror movie. Remember this is, it's a lot of funny stuff, but this is technically a horror. Yeah. And, but man, she answered that door and, and that lingerie. Yeah. Like how no, the only time anybody ever uh, answers the door like that is in the beginning of pornos. Like, yeah, like I can't, I don't have enough cash. You want to, uh, maybe we can work something out. Exactly. Uh, good old and, ideas. And this movie lied to me. High school was never, it was never this easy for a socially awkward person to get a Jessica Alba <laughs> level. <laughs> like this dude is doing, has done everything to be like standoffish and yeah. weird. And Say what you want, but the devil hand is yeah. a pretty good wingman. Yeah. Until it starts trying to kill her. She thinks that he's being kinky because the uh, the demon hand is like, like grabbing her ass. Uh, yeah. And, and, you know, making him seem kind of like a assertive, aggressive type. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, but it's juxtaposed with him, like, trying to hold it back. And she finds that hot, I guess, yeah. quirky. I yeah. call bullshit. Well, kink, Yeah. So he gets the hell up out of there. Uh, yeah. Her parents come home. Yeah. So now this is when he decides to bury uh, bury the bodies. This is another thing I always find. And Idle Hands doesn't isn't the only one who does this. 
But whenever yeah. somebody needs to fill a grave, it only takes about like an hour or two to dig a grave, put the body in there and bury the body. And it only takes, and they're never really like worn out, tired either. No, see, I'd imagine digging a grave. I've never done it, but I can imagine. It would take a, I've dug a hole. Long to, yeah, I've dug a hole. And he has to dig a hole for four people. Yeah. I'd imagine that takes some time. But it, but it was like still, a whole night. Yeah. Like the entire night to, just to dig it. Yeah. Because you want to make sure it's deep enough to put four bodies. But no, it took him a couple because it's not even like all the way nighttime yet. Like no. it's it's still it's or just got nighttime. Yeah. He's in there saying a eulogy. All of a sudden, he hears the voice of one of his friends saying, "Yo, Anton," and he, he goes and yo, and he puts his ear to the ground, and it's Penub. No, it's Mike. Uh, or Mick. Mick. Yeah, yeah. Mick is. Uh... They both rise from the grave. Yeah, they they're resurrected. So now we got zombies. Now it's a zombie yeah. movie. Yeah. And this is where I think this is the part where Anton finally decides to cut off his arm. Well, they knock him out. Yeah. Uh, I, I love their relationship in this thing because they just give each other shit all the time and yeah. and just screw with each other. They knock him out. He wakes up the next morning thinking it was all a dream until he goes downstairs and he sees his decapitated friend's body sitting there like talking with the other guy, uh, Mick, who still has a bottle shoved in his head. So they're just sitting there yeah. talking back, like, you know, like nothing happened. Yeah. Um, now, intermittent through all this, we are also introduced to Debbie. Like, she, she, she scenes of her get peppered in throughout all the stuff that's going on. Uh, it was Debbie, right? Or, no, not Debbie. What's her, what's her name? The, uh, yeah, it's Debbie. Uh, Vivica A. Fox. The, uh, the nun who, or the one sworn to. Yeah, Debbie yeah. LaCure. Debbie LaCure, uh, played by Vivica Fox, and we get introduced to her. She's traveling throughout the states because I guess the devil only resides in the U.S. And I just thought of that right now. She because she's she's visited five different places so far, uh, wondering, uh, trying to follow up on all these serial killings, wondering what the connection is. Then she like yeah. takes a marker and like draws in it, like forms a pentagram. Yeah. Which I that's what I thought was funny. I just thought of it now. I was like, oh, so I guess the devil only works within the U.S. Yeah. So she's on her way okay. to Anton's uh, neighborhood because there have been a string of murders. Yeah. And nobody knows who it is. Yeah, and the, this part where uh, the cops actually stop at Anton's house. We didn't mention these cops, but there are these two cops that went to high school with. Anton. Yeah, they're like seniors when Anton was a freshman. Now that Anton's senior, they're cops now. And they really don't like Anton or his friends or his stoner friends. Yeah, these are the kids that kind of got bullied in school now kind of abuse their power as cops. <laughs> the, the the characters from, uh, oh no, I was going to say from A Clockwork Orange, but they weren't but they weren't picked on. They were a gangsters, but go ahead, sorry. Yeah, well you could just sell these cops are assholes. Just going cut- around harassing people. Yeah. Basically, yeah. And so they come to Anton's house about the murders. Which no, leads- no, it's not. It's not about a murders. There was a noise complaint. We skipped Randy. Uh, Randy giving advice to uh, to uh, Anton. Uh, there's this character named Randy, who's neighbors with Anton. He's kind of like the bad boy of yeah. of high school. Or I don't he's, know if he's in college now. Yeah, he's probably like another mixed like older brother. Seems like the type of role he has. He, uh, you know, the big muscle shirt, uh, work out, work on my car kind of guy. Yeah. 
I remember as a kid thinking that he was like a high school bully, but then when I saw him in this one, I was like, you know, he's not. He's a he's an asshole, but I, I but he's not necessarily a bully. No. So, but uh, Anton's trying to figure out what he can do to get his hand to stop killing people, and uh, Mick was like, I think I know a guy. He's talking about Randy, yeah. and he chases uh, Randy down to to this uh, fast food place. Now, this is also something that was a big thing in the '90s: safari themed fast food places. Yeah, you kind of forget about that. The fact that it's a safari doesn't have anything to do with the story. It was just a very, again, time capsule thing because I distinctly remember in the '90s. Like a lot of like place of uh, restaurants or fast food places had like a jungle or safari theme. Yeah, because like they can't use like Burger King or McDonald's, so this place is called Burger Jungle. <laughs> I didn't notice that. I love that. Yeah, this is where uh, Randy basically gives the advice to that Anton just needs to keep his hands busy. Yeah, and that because remember the uh, idle hands are the devil's playground, is what he says. Yeah. So Anton is at his house. He's with his two undead friends, and he's like knitting. He's just trying to get yeah. his hand, keep his hands busy, and yeah. he has uh, like the music blasting. I guess he's trying to stay awake as well. Rob Zombie's playing on the music video, which I thought was pretty cool. They're playing Dracula. Yeah. This is when the uh, police officers show up because of a noise complaint. The music was too loud, and now there, there you go, Dave. So now the cops are here. So the first one he stabs with the knitting needle, right? Yeah, gets it's it in the ear. A- yeah, it's still in his hand, so he stabs him in the ear. And uh, other guy gets a taste of his own taser. Yeah. Or of uh, the other guy's taser. So now... He's killed six yeah. people. Well, probably more because there were those strings of murders. Yeah, at least six people. Six people for sure in his house. Which, I don't understand how... So he was doing all these murders, what, in his sleep or something? Or why he was like so stoned, he was catatonic. Yeah. Because... We see that he operates independently of his. I gotta, I gotta point out the criticisms as much as I like it. Yeah. But he operates independently of his own hand. So I would think that. I mean, I know that hand is strong, but that hand needs to, like, in order, it's killed a bunch of people. So is it just like dragging his body along? Like, yeah, that's what I was thinking. Or maybe while he's asleep, it takes it, full control of the body. Yeah, maybe. Could be. But this is the point where Anton decides to chop his hand off. Yeah. Uh, he's tried everything, so he tries to, so he gets a butcher knife and chops his hand off. So yeah, so now, and you, I gotta say, I've had more of a reaction to stubbing my toe than he's had to chopping off his hand. Yeah, he made it seem like it didn't hurt all that much. It, it, it felt like it was more, you know how, we, like, you know how when you're walking by something or you run into something it doesn't hurt but just instinctually you go ow yeah like even if it doesn't hurt or if it's inconvenient it felt kind of like that it felt more inconvenienced than anything maybe because it's possessed you can't feel the pain from it maybe that maybe yeah yeah. or you know i'm not gonna read too much into it really i mean it's it's a we're we're talking about some uh, undead stoner friends uh evil hand uh, yeah. that's that's going around killing people. This where who was it that went to get the first aid kit for him? Uh, so Penub and Mick go to get a first aid kit uh, because yeah. his uh, antiseptic because his hand is yeah uh, or it's all jacked up. But then while they're gone, Anton looks up and he sees a no, uh, a message written in blood saying you shouldn't have done that or something like that. Yeah, I did. Ed's writing yeah. out messages for him now. 
Yeah, the hand's been writing messages like all over the place. Yeah. Uh, including his parents' room. It said like I'm under the bed. They thought it was Anton messing around, which I guess yeah. could, technically they were right. Yeah. Um, so they're off to do that. So while they're gone, is this where he chucks it? In, uh, the the hand basically attacks him. And then he chucks it in the microwave. Chucks it in the microwave and turns it on. Yeah. There are a lot of pretty decent effects for 1999, I think, in this movie. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's some practical effects. There are other ones that are just like, you know, it's it's dated. But I, but like the a nice little practical effect. You see yeah. this hand, which I'm sure is an animatronic thing in there. And then you see blood kind of going and like spurting yeah. and stuff like that. So Anton's like, okay, cool. Uh, killed the hand thing. Now, also, at this point... When he had met up with Jessica Alba the day before, because this is the next day, from by, by the yeah. way, because when he got knocked out by Penub, uh, he woke up the next morning. Yeah. And I feel like we're missing something because it's daytime. It would have been daytime when that happened, right? Yeah. No, Molly I, comes over. Molly comes over because she wants, oh, there's a dance going on. Yeah. That's kind of where they agreed to go together to the dance. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so. She shows up. I, I feel like I'm missing something. I feel like I'm missing something between them going to get the antiseptic. Yeah. He throws it in the microwave, and then he... I feel like... He, I don't know where he goes from there, but Padova and Mick are the ones who release a handful of microwave. Yeah, they, they, were, they, they needed the microwave to cook up some burritos. Yeah. So the hand leaves, or the, the hand, like, jettisons out, and yeah. Anton comes back, and he sees uh, the hand gone... At this point, I believe he sees a message, another message written by the hand that says, she's mine. Yeah. So now the hand is on the loose. We know that it's for Molly. Yeah. I don't know how the hand would figure to go to the school dance, but okay. Oh, I'm sure it has its his memories. Yeah. That's what I think. It is. I think he went to talk to Molly, and then while that was going on, the hand went off, and then he said he had to go back. Yeah. He said he had to go back home, and that's when uh, he noticed the hand gone, the message, blah, blah, blah. So now Molly's on her. Yeah. The dance. So now uh, the dance. At this point, uh, Vivica Fox is now in town uh, searching for the hand. She uh, runs into Randy, at just her chance, uh, like yeah. at a bowling alley, I think it was. And Randy's the one who puts her on Anton's tracks. Yeah, she she's like... Saying, oh, yeah, I'm a part of a secret organization to defeat evil and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, well, you know, my other uh, friend, uh, Anton, was saying something about his hand doing stuff that he didn't want it to do. So now those two are basically teamed up. Yeah, and when that happens, the three of them steal Randy's truck. Uh, Penob, Anton, and and, uh, and Mick to go to the dance. To the dance, yeah. So they are going to the dance, which I don't remember who, who the band is. But just it's again very nineties. The school dance has a band, and the band is the the, the band that sings twenty 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 four hours ago. Oh, I want to yeah. be sedated, which yeah. that is also uh, makes me feel very nineties too. Just, yeah. Like, uh, I love. I just uh, it makes me feel warm inside this movie. This is all despite all of its flaws. Um, at this point, Jessica Alba is dancing at the at the dance with her friend. Um, she's bummed out because Anton, yeah, it's, she's known Anton all of like, she's known Anton through one makeout session and one awkward thing on her porch. And she's acting like this is her long lost love. 
Yeah. Well, well, she's like, she's like so bummed out. Like, I thought he'd be here, and I'm just freaking like, God, man, you lucky bastard. <laughs> like, oh yeah. And when the three get to the dance, it's kind of when Debbie finds him, and yeah. this is when Debbie explains to Anton why his hand got possessed and what it's gonna do. Basically, at the time, it's gonna drag uh, Molly's soul into hell with it. Yeah. Now we get these arbitrary rules. Like, yeah. That and now we have a ticking, uh, a ticking clock now. Yeah. So his thing is that he was gonna uh, the hand was planning on sacrificing Molly. Yeah. Because midnight. Well, yeah. Yes, at midnight. Which why midnight? Because it's a movie. <laughs> like yeah. I want to criticize all this stuff, but at the same time, I'm like, you know what? We're already this ridiculous. <laughs> Might yeah. as well. You know what I mean? So, so this is where like the group splits up. Mm-hmm. Anton sends Spinov and Mick to go find Molly while he hunts down the hand. Molly's friend, by the way, who apparently has the hus for Penub. Yeah. Thinks they're in costumes because... It's a Halloween party. Yeah. Lucky for them, you know. Because Mick has a giant bottle sticking out of his head and Penub's head's barely, barely on, but... I liked the look of, of that bottle in, in, uh, in Mick's Great head. Great effect, Yeah. Yeah. That's like one of the most standout things about this movie that you remember for a long time is how the bottle looks sticking out of Mick's head. Yeah, again, I'm a sucker for a nice little, you know, that was just some nice prosthetic work. Yeah. Which I always appreciate. Yeah. So, oh, uh, well, you yeah. know. Uh, Vivica 90s, Fox, yeah, gives the... Uh, yeah. dance. Yeah, Vivica Fox, Anton chasing down his hand. Yeah, and uh, Anton jumps on the stage, I think, at this yeah. point. Because... We we know that the hand is somewhere in the building. Uh, we we get a we get a scene of him killing who I believe is the principal. Yeah, who's like on a sex hotline uh, yeah. with a with back in the I don't I don't know if they have them now anymore. Back in the day where you had to like call, you, call to up phone sex, call up to have phone like sex. Ten minutes, ten dollars a minute or something like that. And they had advertisements on TV. Bad, 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 bad. Yeah. yeah, call this number and talk to like a hot and like you know yeah. Like you if know, you fell asleep with Comedy Central on in the nineties, early two thousands, did you wake up at like three AM? Yeah, those girls they, gone wild. <laughs> they have you know commercials for these too, so Oh. Uh, no more. Now yeah. now now it's just so easily available. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so Anton jumps up on the so yeah, the the hands gone around is killing people. Or it's already killed two people in the parking lot and the principal. And now, which I thought was a really cool look too, it has its fingers in a pencil sharpener, an electric yeah. pencil sharpener, and it's sharpening its fingers into sharp things. I thought that looked cool. Yeah, I actually did enjoy that scene. Like, okay, it's making itself more deadly. Yeah. Got it. I don't think that ever co- – oh, no, it does. Um, so Anton, uh, at this point, after getting the lowdown from – uh, Debbie Vivica Fox's character yeah. jumps on stage and he basically is saying, everybody you're all in danger, you know, killers on the loose, blah, blah, blah. And of course, like in any movie like this, they don't believe him. Yeah. They're just like, Oh, that crazy. Uh, dude. Good Halloween prank. Let's go back to dancing. <laughs> oh, that's stoner Anton. Yeah. That Anton. So the, the, the band, the, the lead singer of the band it's like, hey, kid, can you, like, get out of here and blah, blah, blah. Every, all right, let's get back to the music. Like, one, two, three. And then at that point, the hand <laughs> falls down from oh. the rafters. And, and scoffs the lead singer. Which, a good effect again. 
great effect. Yeah. Scalp the dude's head right there. I mean, this movie did have a decent budget for 1999. Uh, what was the budget? I want to say it was north of 20 million. I might have to look it up real quick. Uh, well, you know what? I'm, I'm, yeah, 25 million. Uh, did you, how much did it make back? Uh, in box office, it made 4.2 million. So, oh, so it didn't even make its money back. No. Oh, so this was a big flop back in yeah in the nineties, yeah, which yeah. is fine. Well, much like how most like, because I'd say this has a cult following. I've I've yeah. met a, a plenty of people who uh, say they really like Idle Hands. Yeah, in the horror community, this this is definitely a cult movie. So, like a lot of cult movies, often in theaters, in theaters they don't do too well, and then as they go into uh, like nineteen ninety nine, it went to VHS and DVD. This is one of those movies that... getting popularity because people would have got it from, like, Blockbuster. I guess this is the kind of movie that would have made money more for royalties and the, uh, like, VHS rentals more so than the box office. Exactly, yeah. Uh, so now it's complete pandemonium. Lead singer dude just got scalped. Yeah. Everyone's running around all over the place. Uh, Anton is trying to get to the hand, so is Debbie. Uh, Molly and her friend are trying to run away and they go through an air vent, a comically large, large, like, uh, 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 like if you, they're like crawling on all fours, but legit, it looks like you could crouch in there. Yeah. Like, like, I don't, I, what is this? And, and they, it, they're going through the air vents that contain these saw like spinning blades. Like, when I say these fans are massive, like these are like fans, so like cool off. I don't. Well, this is the kind of. Well, this is the kind. Oh, well, thinking about it now, this is the kind of high school that was also like a technical vocation kind of school that probably had like automotive places and, and stuff that maybe needed airing out. Well, I mean, high schools in the 90s, like a lot of them did have like garages and they did teach like shop classes and things like that. Yeah, yeah. Molly and her friend get to the fan. Molly drops through it and tells her friend, come on, come on. They jam it. They jam it with one of her heels. Yeah. And, of course, her friend's like, "Uh, I don't think I can. And then when she tries, the the hand moves the shoe, and she gets cut to pieces. She gets cut to pieces because it it wrapped a a bungee cord around her neck. Uh, How it got it in there, I don't know. But and and shoves her down. But you know this devil hand has a lot of power for something that's just a one hand kind of thing. Yeah. Um. Basically, it kills her, chops her up, and Molly's like freaked out. Yeah, she just watched her friend get All a right. over it. So now we've reached the, the big climax uh, bit yeah. here. Th- throughout the the night when that was going on, Anton has been playing cat and mouse with the hand as yeah. well. Uh, it, the it, hand gets Debbie and somehow ties her down. Yeah. Uh, okay. Some of the stuff is kind of off screen, and some other stuff yeah. kind of it's it's kind of cut a little weird in the end. I would say yeah. that the the last fifteen minutes is probably the weakest part of the movie. Yeah. Uh, because there there's some a couple of weird cuts, and the whole explanation of they have to do it until midnight just kind of gets yeah. thrown in there last minute. Yeah. Uh, and this hit. I mean, the hand that's just been, like, murdering people, mm-hmm. murder. for some reason, Molly comes up with this elaborate, yeah. overcomplicated way of killing her. So, the the hand's whole purpose is that he needs to kill, or he needs to sacrifice 
a Molly. Why it has to be specifically Molly, I don't know. And at midnight, why midnight, I don't know. So there was no real ritual. It just was like it, it needs to kill Molly. It somehow ties her to the top. It's like where it, the scene is there, like basically in the automotive repair section yeah. of the school. And so they're in a garage, basically. Yeah. And she is tied to the top of a car. There's a pentagram drawn on the ceiling. And and, and it's going to slowly, like, it's on a rise. Slowly rise up and crush her against the pentagram? Why? That's what I'm saying. Like, why Why does this hand that's just been, like, killing, killing people any, any way it can. Left and right. Go, like, this one. This one's my masterpiece. Let me make this way overcomplicated. This is my magnum opus. Yeah. And it's a slow-moving rise, too. Like, it's rising for, like, five minutes. While it's doing that, Anton is trying to grab it. Everybody's trying to overpower it. At this point, for some reason, it's in a, 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 a Muppet-looking kind of sock puppet thing. I think they were in yeah. the arts and crafts place at one point, and it got yeah. into it. So now it's just this weird-looking, like, hand in a puppet thing. It's goofy. Yeah, and then they got this, what was it, a knife from Vivica Fox to kill it with? Yeah, there's a special dagger it has to be killed yeah. with. And the, the way that they overpower this thing that's basically in this puppet thing is, what, what you know, it, the, the automotive class is also filled with stoners because yeah. their projects are all kind of like laid out in the classroom type area. And one of them made this gigantic metallic bong type thing. Yeah. And uh, remember, Anton has that little thing around his neck yeah has that uh his little weed asthma thing around his neck he takes a giant inhale thing or or no he takes the weed out of that puts it in the bong yeah and then takes a big huff of that and blows it into the hand thing it's trapped in that little puppet hand thing so it the devil uh, gets thwarted by getting high when did he get weed though i think mick gave it to him because that was like a major part of the beginning. He there, was a, there, yeah. there was a there was a a point where you see that they oh it's because before uh when the hand got loose Anton wanted to go after it but Mick was like look man just sit down and have a little Anton time you you that hand's not your problem oh, anymore oh yeah I, I forgot about that scene yeah and then he gives uh him some weed and puts it yeah. in his little asthma uh, inhaler thing so he has yeah. some weed on him okay. Um, yeah, I forgot about that scene. There's a reason for you can't uh, complain about its continuity. <laughs> it, yeah, um, it was explained. So <laughs> now it's uh, the evil hand is high. They save, uh, they save Jessica Alba. Um, the hand comes, uh, jumps up for one final jump scare, and uh, Vivica Fox jumps in, throws the dagger the in midair. It stabs the hand, but also kind of like stabs Mick in the process, but it didn't yeah. really do anything to Mick. It was just, oh, yeah, he's dead already, so. Yeah. <laughs> now the last five minutes. So, oh, uh, you know, and, and Jessica Alba, she's she's already wearing a skimpy angel, angel outfit. Costume, yeah. And it just kept, every scene, her clothes just kind of got less and less. Less, yeah. Because at the very end, she's just basically in her bra and panties. Yeah, and, like, when the hand tied her down, basically took her clothes. Because they, they keep her almost half naked all the time in this movie, so I'm yeah. wondering if they they specifically waited for her to be 18. Because, uh, and then the second they did, or she did, then they're like, all right, let's get in all these scenes. It, I don't know, because yeah. I don't think she's ever, like, really totally fully clothed anytime we ever see her. 
No. Yeah, I mean, you know, but I mean, as a guy, I'm not saying I'm complaining, but no. <laughs> but yeah, she's in a lot of skippy outfits. But Anton, when he saves her from the top of the car, for some reason he decides they get off the car and he goes underneath it. They, oh, well, they were both standing underneath it, and yeah. uh, Penelope's dumbass uh, uh, because he's go- you know they're all goofy stoners. He yeah. he accidentally knocks into the lever that rises and lowers the car and crushes Anton. Yeah, which that thing was going point zero zero four like miles an hour slow uh, when it was rising up, but it just drops the car. Yeah, what goes up must come down. But, Gravity takes it down quick. But this is, but this is a goofy '90s horror comedy. A crushed, a getting crushed from a falling car doesn't kill people. Well, he dies. He just does the same thing that uh, Penob and Mick did. <laughs> yeah, they didn't. They didn't go to heaven. They just, or they could have gone to heaven, but they were like, "Oh man, that seems lame." <laughs> yeah, he just doesn't go into the light, so he wakes up in the hospital with Jessica what? Alba by his side. Yeah, and every single one of his bones break were broken. Completely in a full body cast. Yeah. And then this, well, after they crush Anton's when Mick and Padub finally go to the afterlife and become his guardian angels. Uh, but not without doing one last little prank. Yeah. But they, uh, they wrote a little message on Anton's wall, much like how the devil hand did. It said, I'm under the bed, and Anton freaks out, is screaming, and... And uh, that's basically who, how it ends with a prank. Yeah. And that's Idle Hands. And now we've already kind of said how we felt about it. Yeah. At the end of it, I liked it, though. I still, I, yes, the humor is very hit or miss. Yeah. Um, if you're not into stoner comedy or movies like Euro Trip or American Pie or what's, uh, what's some other movies of that era that was like, had, there's comedy like, like that how high how high half baked yeah that kind of stuff and i can enjoy it for the nostalgia of it and yeah. there are stuff right now like i don't think well this wouldn't be widely received nowadays because in the in the 90s people were very liberal with words you know yeah. uh not it's not it wasn't as uh sensitive i guess i would say as it is yeah. now you know they drop you know now i'm just quoting from the movie here i'm not saying this but uh, uh they say like the words like faggot and queer yeah um i mean they basically have him damn near like you know like the the devil hand is like grabbing on jessica alba and she's like kind of into it and stuff like that yeah. i don't think that would have probably been well received nowadays like no uh, but I mean, little things like that, that, you know, it was just, a you know, I can enjoy it knowing for what it was at the time, you know? Yeah. Understanding the time. If you can understand that's, you know, that'll be for a discussion for another uh, different podcast, but I, I can enjoy movies like that. Just knowing, yeah, you know, it was, it was no offense meant at the time. It was just kind of how people talked. It's kind of how the culture was back then. Yeah. Things change. We evolved. Yeah. So I had a problem with that. Yeah. But yeah, I, I I can't deny that there were a lot of, uh, te- I mean, th- there's like a scene where Anton's walking down the alleyway. Where, this is where he first get introduced to the cops, and it's supposed to be foggy outside, and you can pretty much look in the background and see a f- the fog machine like just spurting out, yeah, <laughs> um, spurting out like, and then immediately right after, like once he gets confronted, yeah. like the fo- all the fog goes away, yeah. I mean, little things like that. And like I said in the beginning where the mother is like looking up, but saying she hears something downstairs. 
Yeah. It's stuff like that that kind of adds up. I mean, if you if you just go into it knowing that it's going to be a goofy stoner horror comedy yeah. taking place in the 90s and shut your brain off. It's like an hour and like 20 minutes. Uh, yeah, something like that. Something like that, about an hour and 20 minutes. But uh, go ahead. What, 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 what are your thoughts? I mean, uh, this basically movie does encapsulate, like, that end of the 90s, early 2000s essence of, like, movies. Mm-hmm. That focus up like, the teen high school movies from that time. Yeah, that was, a, that was just a big thing. And then everything took place. You were, like, a high school senior getting ready to go to college. It was in every genre of movie back then too. Cause you had like varsity blues, not mm-hmm. another teen movie, mm-hmm. which spoofed it. Yeah. So it wasn't just in horror in general. It was yeah. just the movies yeah. then. But I mean, I, I kind of like that though. I'd like that era of, of movie. It's, I don't know. It's, I like seeing trends, I guess as well. Yeah. And uh, like the nineties was very much that like, uh, the rise of the stoner comedies. Yeah, and uh, I, th- I, think, I mean, I yeah. think every generation does have that because, like you and me, our like high school movie was probably like super bad. Yes, that was that was my that encapsulate our high school type deal. Yes, yeah. my the that that was like the much like how back in the day, probably Animal House was a lot of people's like big raunch like you know movie for the you know for the teenage crowd. Yeah, super bad was. You know, without a doubt, my first like, oh, this was like encapsulated of what it meant to be like kind of like a teenager, but who was like during our time, yeah, like 15, 16. I yeah. had to go sneak in to go see that. My friend had it on DVD and we watched it that way. Yeah. We snuck in the theater and on opening day, and <laughs> there were ushers walking up and down the thing with flashlights because they probably knew that a crap ton of people were going to have to get escorted out. It so, was rated R, but. The movie was mainly watched by teenagers. Yeah, this was like an event when this movie came out. Yeah. This was like the dark night when it came out. (laughs) Everybody flocked to go see this. Yeah. Mostly just teens and college kids. Yeah. But anyway, uh, that'll be a whole... We ought to do a whole uh, episode about movie theater stories. That would be fun. Yeah. Um, but uh, anyway, back to Idle Hands. So, all right, why don't we go into kills of the movie? At least this movie had some good kills. Yeah. I'm going to have to stick with Mick getting stabbed in the head with a beer bottle. Yeah. I think, yeah, the kill was nice. And just the afterwards effect of it throughout the movie was, was awesome. My, my kill, I always liked this. I always thought it was funny. Uh, it was one of those scenes that always sticks or sticks in my head and pops up every so often. I'm going to say the death of the actual demon hand. Okay. Cuz it she throws the dagger, it stabs him and then it just kind of just goes poop. <laughs> and, and even Vic was like, "That's it?" He's like, "I yeah. thought I was going to like burning like screams of hell, but man, that was lame." Yeah. <laughs> or that was weak. I think he said yeah. that was weak. Yeah. Uh yeah. I always thought that was a funny scene. So I'm going to say the death of the demon hand. Yeah. Okay. Oh, and oh, we have to do ratings. Ratings. All right. I'm going to give this a 15. 15? Yeah. All right. So to me, this isn't a poor movie. At the at the highest, this movie is, in terms of quality, 
definitely in the middle range. Yeah. Average in terms of quality. Yeah. So it's not going to be above a 20. No. But my enjoyment of it, I got, I enjoyed being brought back. I can, I can enjoy the comedy. I can enjoy the comedy bits. Uh, even some of the cringe. So I'm going to give this one an 18 actually. Okay. I'm going to give this one an 18. So I guess, uh, rounded, this would probably be about a 16.5. Yeah. Because there's parts I enjoyed, other parts I was just like, eh. I so usually, that's why I put the five for the enjoyment, but yeah. I usually, like, I think I rated My Bloody Valentine a uh, a 15, because at the end of the day, it was a, pretty much a run-of-the-mill slasher. Yeah. So, to me, like, 15 has to kind of be, like, a basic run-of-the-mill yeah. kind of movie, which this is most definitely a run-of-the-mill stoner comedy. Yeah. But with some horror thrown into it, yeah. So it gets a couple points for some decent, a uh, couple of decent kills, and uh, I like the, some of the prosthetics and and some the of the prosthetics jokes. Prosthetics yeah. were good, yeah. And when the jokes hit, they did make me chuckle. Yeah, and I don't think I ever got any real belly laughs out of it. It was always chuckles. Yeah. <sighs> well, that's another movie down. All right. Hey, and I got the list up right now because we have to determine. What is going to be our next movie review? I really hope it's I'll always know what you did last summer. Because I know that movie is going to piss you off. Uh, <laughs> You're going to be already done, watching it. <laughs> we've already done uh, two out of my three picks. Right, none of my picks have been selected yet. So we're going to go ahead and give it a spin and see what we're reviewing next. No bullshit. I'll always know what you did last summer. Really? Yeah. Fuck yes. It was, uh, it even was... though I'm going to hate watching this movie because mm-hmm. it fucking sucks. Now, I haven't seen I Know What You Did Last Summer in a while. Um, it has nothing to do with the first two movies. I was about to say, do I have to Do I have to watch the original first? Absolutely not. Okay. So, yes, I'll always knew. No, I always knew. Is it I always knew? I'll, I'll always know what you did last summer. I'll always know what you did last summer. Finally, Dave's pick comes out because we did House of the Dead idle hands and now finally he gets uh gets up in here and when i say this is like a movie i think it came out in like 2003 2004 mm-hmm. but it's filmed like a 90s movie early 2000s i guess i'll know what you're talking about when i see it yeah it's just bad it's all around bad so like I... where's some venom type bad that's some bold words yeah well remember now my new number one is uh hanukkah so it's down there with that like so this it, might be my my uh this might be i don't know uh, you might feel like so it's been a couple about it weird, than, it's been a couple years since i watched it but the pain it, is still there yeah it's he'll be lucky to get like a four that that would be gener- generous yeah i think so but well, well spoiler see. alert dave already knows what he's gonna rate it I do not know. I'm afraid it'd be so. Maybe uh, my my uh, goal is to convince him to 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 bump that number up. You're not gonna want to convince me. But I've been having fun this season so far. We've had a couple of bad. Well, well, we started. We have. Well, no, I think the worst one we've seen so far is uh, for this season is House of the Dead. Yeah, that's a bad movie. That has set the bar. Um, Idle Hands was at a forty. I think last time I looked at at Rotten Tomatoes, but yeah. Uh, I'd say it's at least about a 55 uh, if, if you were to combine our scores. So. Yeah, I mean, 
just a little bit above average, but the yeah. legit the audience score is or the score is kind of right. Uh, yeah. But I just give it extra ten points. But yeah. thank you to everyone who has uh, been joining us. I'm not entirely sure which episode this one's coming out at, so I don't know if we're closer to another giveaway or if this is coming out shortly after the last one. But congratulations to whoever won the last giveaway. Thank you to our and and to all of our upcoming guests, ones that we haven't gotten on yet but we are in the middle of planning with yeah we got a lot of fun things coming up this season so you guys stay tuned i've been chris thomas and with me broke rider dave have a good week everybody hey everybody thanks for listening to body bag podcast be sure to like and subscribe and leave us a comment as to what you'd like to hear us review or any horror movie topics you'd like to hear us rant and rave about and while you're at it, you can find us on Twitter at Body Bag Pod and on Instagram at Body Bag Podcast. Thanks, and we'll see you next time.